So we're continuing our series this morning. Uh, this should be the sixth part. On 25 reasons people lose good jobs and clients and how to keep yours. And in the second service, we're going to be starting our 12 weeks of strategic repositioning. How many of us are ready for that? Hallelujah. Revelations. We're still reading from Revelations. Our anchor scripture is Isaiah chapter 60. Uh, but we're also going to look into Revelations this morning. Revelations chapter 3 and verse 11. Revelations chapter 3 and verse 11. Revelations chapter 3 and verse 11. The Bible says, Behold, I come quickly. Oh, that fast which you have, so that no man will take your crown. So we see here Jesus even telling us and admonishing us to ensure that whatever it is that we have received or whatever it is that we have been given, we should ensure we lay hold on it. And the word lay fast hold on it here simply means hold, you know, have a firm grip on it. You know, that's the old English way of saying have a firm grip, right? Hold on tightly, you know, um, to that which you have received, to that which you have been given, so that you will not lose it. Because the fact that you have something doesn't mean you will not lose it. You see that in the life of Judas, Right, Judas was someone that started well in life. Eventually, he lost his bishopric. And the Bible says, his bishopric, let another man take. He lost his place in destiny. You see, the Bible says that the foundation of the new Jerusalem will be on the, you know, on the 12 apostles. But unfortunately, everything that Judas did was wasted. Simply because of how we ended. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So he lost his place in God's eternal plan. He lost his place. So that should, as it were, bring you and I to the awareness that anything can be lost if you don't know how to keep it. Health can be lost. Businesses can be lost. Homes can be lost. Finances can be lost. So when God blesses us with something, it is not just enough for us to celebrate while that is important. It is not just enough for us to be excited. We need to find out this thing that God has blessed me with, this job, this client, right, this season of my life, this material and financial blessings, how do I ensure that I don't lose these things? And we've spoken about a couple of things during this series or throughout this series. We spoke about the lack of clarity. We spoke about the absence of a blueprint. Number three, we spoke about the fact that people lose out in the marketplace, right, or in life simply because in the field where they are playing, their usefulness and their relevance, right, uh, 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 is no longer needed. That is, the marketplace and the organization has outgrown their relevance. And most times this happens subtly. It happens subtly. You know, I was watching something yesterday and it was talking about the future of internet, right, that um, some people are still struggling to embrace, you know, AI, you know, the internet and everything. And um, that's where the world is going is going to be uh, the world of metaverse, right? Uh, that it's even going to be deeper than the internet, you know? So someone who still um, has problems with the internet, with IT, obviously they will not even survive in the world to come, <laughs> you see? So we need to realize that. We need to realize that. We need to realize that, that the marketplace and the world in which you live in will not wait for you to catch up. 
The world will not wait for you to catch up. You must ensure that you keep developing yourself. You keep, you know, working on yourself, as it were, to ensure you, uh, the world does not leave you behind. We say people also lose good jobs and clients simply because they stop growing. They stop growing. They stop growing. You see, in life, you're going to have either of two mindsets. You either have a fixed mindset, right, or you have what I call a growth mindset. You either have a fixed mindset. A fixed mindset is a mindset that says, I've gotten here, you know, I've gotten this job, I've gotten this business, I'm doing okay, there is no point going anywhere from here. You see, God has taken care of us and we believe, you know, uh, it shall be permanent. Praise the Lord. I mean, you know, we know that song, right? It shall be permanent. <laughs> yes, what the Lord has done for us shall be permanent. But the same God is the one that said the revelations. Hold fast that which is yours, lest another man take your crown. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, because sometimes we sing songs that makes us, you know, live like ostriches. They say that when an ostrich sees danger, because it has a long neck, what it does is it buries its head in the sand, believing that if it cannot see the danger, the danger will not see the ostrich. And that's how many of us live our lives as believers. We just believe, you know what, uh, 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 let's, let's, let's isolate ourselves from the world. You know, <laughs> and that's why you see Jesus say in his prayer, uh, uh, in John, I think that's the se- uh, chapter 17, before he was caught up into the heavens, he said, I'm not saying you should take them out of the world. He said, they are in the world, but they are not of the world. Several years, the church has preached that, you know, uh, as believers, we should not go into the marketplace because we are not of the world. We agree we are not of the world, but we are in the world. And I remember, I think it was last week or two Sundays ago, I was talking about the prophecy that one of the prophets gave to the children of Israel when they were in captivity. And he said, this year, God is going to deliver you from the captors, you see. And he gave them a prophecy that made many of them to stop working, made them to put their plans on hold. And you see, I think it was Jeremiah who eventually said, that's a fake prophecy. He said, according to God's plan and order, we are still going to be spending maybe 50 years thereabouts in captivity. He said, so if you want to marry, make sure you marry. You want to start a business, make sure you start a business. The way many of us as believers conduct our lives, God never planned for you and I to put our lives on hold while we are waiting for rapture. Because even Jesus said, blessed is the servant, or um, yes, blessed is the servant who his master finds walking, walking, not waiting, not sleeping. He says that the one that his master finds walking will be well rewarded. So as believers, we are not just supposed to be lounging and just waiting passively for the return of our God, of our Lord. We should be engaged, productively engaged, making our impact, right? Making a difference in the marketplace. So you must have a growth mindset, a growth mindset. Number five, we said that people lose out in the marketplace because they lack focus. They lack focus. They lack focus. They lack focus. They don't even know, right, what they are doing in the marketplace. Number six, it said that people lack a heart of service. The average person goes to work thinking of what to take and not what to give. They think of what to take from their employers, think of how to get money out of, you know, the pockets of their clients. Many people never think of what value they can add to their organization. You see, let me tell you this. If you go to work and you are constantly thinking beyond your job description, you are constantly thinking on how to take the organization to the next level, you will never struggle for a promotion. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You will never struggle for one. You say, if you are always on the lookout, you say, I have proven this over the years. If you are always on the lookout for your clients, you think for them even before. You see, 
you think up solutions for them before they are even aware of their problems. They will keep coming back to buy from you. They will keep coming back. You see, the goal of someone in the marketplace, especially as an entrepreneur, let me say, I didn't plan to say this this morning, but let me tell you this, it's not just to solve the problems of your clients. It's to see their problems before they see it and provide the solution when they are not even aware of their problems. So when you offer the solution, they come to that reality. The world did not know it needed an iPod until Steve Jobs created one. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The world never knew that it needed a, 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 a key padless <laughs> phone until Steve Jobs came up with the iPhone. You see, so you, you must learn to think of solutions before even people are aware of their problems. Before they are aware of their problems. So, but the only thing that can make you get to that point is when you have the heart of service. A heart of service. A heart of service. You are constantly thinking, how can I serve these people? How can I serve in the marketplace? How can I serve my, you know, my boss? How can I serve my clients? That's why even Jesus said, I've come among you as one that serves. He said that if anybody wants to be above, he says, let him start out being the servant of every one of you. That's why we see him washing the feet, right, of his disciples. And Peter said, no, 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 you're not going to wash my feet. He said, never. <laughs> you see, and Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part with me. Because the key to this kingdom to rising is service. A service, a service. Many people are always, you see, one of the things I can't stand is people that are power and position hungry. If you are power and position hungry, you will take advantage of people. You won't serve them. You see, that's why you have world dictators. People like, you know, Adolf. People that, you know, have almost wrecked the human race. You see, it was because they were in... You see, if you study the history and the lifestyle of Adolf Hitler, you see, he was somebody that grew up with low self-esteem. So the way he felt he could, you know, make his life meaningful, he could, you know, prove to be somebody was to control everybody. To destroy a particular race that he didn't like. It made him to feel in charge. It made him to feel as if you know, he was in control of his life. Simply because of his own issues. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So think of how to serve people. If you are constantly serving, you can never be down in life. The mistake people make is that they think, ah, if I'm serving, I will remain at the bottom. No, it doesn't work like that. If you are serving, you will consistently rise. You will consistently rise. When God was going to um, decide who the successor of, of Moses was going to be, he didn't get one of the elders. He said, Joshua, the one that has been serving you, is the one that will take over from you. It's not the elders, you know, that have nice regalias. Maybe they even have their own tents, <laughs> you know, positioned around Moses. We are the seven, 70 elders. After Moses, I'm number two. I'm number five. I'm number 11. Maybe they even have badges, 11th on the hierarchy. God said, no, it's not going to be any one of them. You see, the sons of the prophet, these guys were so accurate in prophecy that Elijah did not tell them he was going to be caught up into the heavens. But they knew Elijah was going to be caught up. They told Elijah, your master will be taken away from you today. But you know what? They didn't have a heart of service. They didn't have a heart of service. It was the, it's a, the only person that was described as being the one that poured water on the hands of the prophet Elijah was Elisha. That was how they described him. When they were looking for somebody that could, you know, uh, uh, offer, you know, be of help after Elijah had departed. They said, oh, why are we still looking around for somebody to help us? There is one Elisha that poured water on the hands of Elijah. What does that mean? In the place of service, something on him must have rubbed off on Elijah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So the goal is to have a heart of service in the marketplace. Number seven, 
People are too passive. People are too passive. You see, one of these days, I think I said this last week Sunday, end up becoming none of these days. One of these days end up becoming none of these days. Whatever it is we are supposed to do, start doing it now. Start doing it now. There is a reason why today is called the present. It is a gift from God to you. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? The business of the king or the king's business as it were, it requires age. The Bible says, number eight, people lose out in the marketplace because they have a negative attitude. A negative attitude. A negative attitude. You see, and the unfortunate thing is that negative attitudes are contagious. Negative attitudes spread faster than positive attitudes. That's why anytime you see a negative attitude, especially for those of us that run organizations, that run businesses, never wink or turn your eyes away from a negative attitude. It will spread. If you allow it, it will spread. If you allow it, it will spread. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you allow it, it's going to spread. And if it spreads, it's like, it's like cancer. If it is detected early, there is still a solution. But if you don't detect it on time, it will destroy the hosts. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So if you are hosting in your environment, somebody with a negative attitude, they go, they might not even be aware, but they have become instruments in the hand of the devil to bring down that system. Cancer is never after, maybe when they say cancer of the skin, it's not after the skin, it's after the hosts. It's only starting with the skin. If it is not taken care of, it's going to spread through the body. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, and some people, I think I already mentioned what some of these negative attitudes are. Some people go into the marketplace, they are working in a place, they say, oh, can you just say, it's not part of my job description. <laughs> you know, even going late to work is a bad attitude. It's a negative attitude. Delivering late is a negative attitude. Some people deliver late and they are still going to be explaining to the customer why they are delivering late. Are ah, we not all in this, this Nigeria together? Well, don't you know that, um, what do they call them now? Ikeja, whatever. Ikeja power. Ikeja what? Ikeja. You see, don't you know they said there would not be life for eight weeks? You know, where are you? They will be telling the customer that. You are not paid for excuses, you are paid for solutions. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And I have the philosophy, the moment you start giving me excuses, I might not, you say, I might not, I will not even tell you, but I'm already looking for an alternative in my mind. The day I get an alternative and I've tested the alternative and the alternative is reliable, that's the day you lose your job with me. It's as simple as that. In my mind, see, that's the only way for those of us, you know, because I believe in this house there will be, you know, a rising of people that will build conglomerates, build empires. Hallelujah. You don't believe that? Or you believe as a believer is not part of your destiny. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You are going to build big things. Massive things. In the name of Jesus. Massive things. You see, in this house there will be employers of labor. Men that we employ tens of thousands. In the name of Jesus. And I was reading something during the course of the week. You know, how uh, one of the factories of um, Elon Musk. I think um, that's in California. The major, you know, Tesla factory. You know, and they were, you know, talking about how they, uh, they were making some demands on him. So he said, no problem. I'm going to take my factory to Texas. Texas and Texas said, we are waiting for you. <laughs> because that factory alone, the new one is building in Texas. We employ minimum, just at the starting phase, 5,000 people. Five, do you know what it means to employ 5,000 people in a city? You see, that's, you get to a level where you can decide what happens in the city. That's what it means to be in the gates. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Go listen to breaking into power circles. That's what it means to be in the gates. That's what it means to be in a position of power and influence. Oftentimes, as believers, we don't pay attention to these things. We bury our heads in the, ch in the church. That's our own proverbial sand. 
and we just believe, oh, everything is going to be okay. It's going to be okay, but it is human beings God will use. Even for God to save man, he has to come in the form of a man. Nothing gets done on the earth without a man. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? So ensure you work on your attitude. Never wink or ignore a negative attitude. Number nine, the reason people lose out good jobs or lose good jobs and clients in the marketplace is because their why is not strong enough. Their why is not strong or clear enough. Their why is not strong or clear enough. So some of the reasons why people work in the marketplace, I said I was going to mention this last week Sunday. I want you to write this down. Before I do that, maybe I should ask you, what is your current aim at work? What is your current aim? Why do you go to work? Do you go to work because ah, it's Monday morning and everybody should go to work? Is that why you are going to work? That's not a strong enough reason. What is your aim? Is your aim a paycheck at the end of the month? Is it learning the trade secrets of your industry? Is it building strategic alliances or you are completely clueless and aimless about why you are even in the marketplace? You see, I've realized that there is a difference in the conduct of people who have a strong why and the people who don't. You can see the difference. You can see the difference at work. You can see it in their work ethic. You can see it in their delivery. You can just see the difference. Some of the reasons why people work or go to work in the marketplace, some of the whys, as it were, number one is to prove a point. To prove a point. Some people work simply because they want to prove a point. <laughs> Don't you know? I, I, I work with <laughs> GT Cole. <laughs> you know, to prove a point. I, I, I work with KPMG. That's, that's all. They just want to prove a point. They just want to prove a point. They just want to prove a point. You see, some people, why do they go into business? A particular business because they feel it is glamorous. It is glamorous. You say, no, no, I can't do that business. You know, it's, it's, it's beyond, it's, it's below my standard. <laughs> you know, but say, ah, ah, no, I can't do that. That one is glamorous, you know. Almost every young lady now wants to be an event planner. You know, because, but there was a time it was not glamorous. Some people went into that industry and made it glamorous. You know, there was a time every young lady wanted to be a makeup artist. I don't know if they still want to be, I don't know. But there was a time that being a makeup artist was not glamorous. So look at it, eh? Over my you want to be painting people, say that's what you want to do with your life. You know, so some people walk or do certain things in the marketplace because they want to prove a point. Number two, because some people want to afford their desired lifestyle. That's why they go to work. That's why they go to work. So everything happening in the marketplace, they are not really concerned. They are in an organization, they are not concerned about the progress of the organization. As long as there is a picture coming in that can allow them to buy that wig, buy that phone, buy that shoe and bag, buy that car for the men, buy the toys, <laughs> you know, they are okay. Whether the company folds or not, that's not my business. As long as I can afford my lifestyle, as long as I can live in an estate and pay my rent. <laughs> Some also do that because of personal development, personal development. This is one of the secrets of the Jewish race. It's one of our recommended readings for the year 2022. It's the Jewish phenomenon. The Jewish phenomenon. I think we make a, made a mistake in the binder. That was the one we duplicated, right? You know, so it's supposed to be the Jewish phenomenon. So write it down. Jewish phenomenon. The picture was omitted, right? One of the secrets of the Jewish race is that the Jews have a philosophy. You go to work principally, especially when you are starting out in life. To acquire the trade secret of your industry. Not to go and make money. 
They say the goal is to look for the vault. The vault is proverbial. It's not where the boss is keeping his money so you can steal it. They said the real vault is not where the money is kept. The real vault is what is generating the cash, the money, right? The money-making machine, that is the real vault. So the average Jew does not go to work and say, you know, that's why, you see. And the Asians have also adopted that. So you see many of them, they are coming into a country. All they need is a briefcase. You see Africans traveling. Extra luggage. <laughs> you see the average Asian. The average white person, they don't need, oh, what's all this? Whatever it is you need, you can get it where you are going. You just see a briefcase. But Africans, extra luggage. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You see, I remember, I think what was that? The last time we went on vacation, I was telling for city, I said, Africans, what is wrong with us? I saw a man at the airport, we're about to go, he was shipping TV. As I said that they don't sell TV in Nigeria. As in TV, flat screen TV. So this man must not be alright. It can't be alright. TV. So there's no TV again in, Niger- in the whole of Nigeria. Maybe it's a specialty. There's no way. TV is TV. Is the, the pay- things you will see in the TV will be different. Praise the Lord. Some people also go to work just to meet their basic necessities. They are sub- for survival. Some people, that's the only reason they go to work. Let me just survive. <laughs> Let me just survive. Remember, I've told us a couple of times, a mindset of survival cannot produce a lifestyle of significance. It can't. So if you're all about survival, let me just survive. Let me just survive. Jesus said, don't think of what to eat, what to drink. He said, these are the things the Gentiles are focused on. He said, seek first the kingdom of God, God's way of doing things. God's kingdom is not, you see, is, is not a building. God's kingdom is the way, a system of operation. He says, think about the way God does things. You see, Jesus came to flip the, flip the pyramid on his head. He says, when you focus on the kingdom, every other thing will be added. Your survival will be taken care of. Food, clothing, and shelter, transportation, all those things, the needs will be met. And that's one thing a lot of people, when they produce, you see, you can't be producing things for people, thinking about, you see, the kingdom is beyond church. The church is a place where we train people for the kingdom, but it's beyond church. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can't be thinking about to improve the lifestyle, improve the life of human beings, and you will be broke. It can happen. It can happen. People also go to work. Some of the motives, right? For some people, is to escape poverty. It's to escape poverty. <laughs> See, let me tell you this. I think we'll talk about that in one of the modules in the 12 weeks of strategic repositioning. You see, escaping poverty and building wealth, they are not the same thing. They are not. And that's why a lot of people die in poverty and lack. They think because, ah, let me run away, I don't want to die in lack. They think running away from poverty means running into wealth. No. If you focus on building wealth, of course you will escape poverty. But if you see, it's about focus. It's what you focus on that your life attracts. If you are focused on, ah, let me escape poverty. Hey, hey, this, hey, this one that my bank account must be reading. No, 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 no. Focus on building, not on escaping. Focus on building. That's why you see that a lot of Nigerians who still travel out of the country, right? Anywhere they go to, most of them still struggle. Not all, most. Because their mindset is, ah, I'm escaping. It's not the mindset of, I want to build a new life. It's a mindset of an escapist mentality. Ah, I'm escaping suffering in Nigeria. I'm escaping. So they go there. It's still an escapist mentality. 
<laughs> Praise the Lord. Like I've said a couple of times, a lizard in Nigeria will not become an alligator in Los Angeles. If you don't change the mindset, you can only become a bigger lizard. After the believers that has eaten several hamburgers. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The tenth reason why people lose good jobs and clients is because they downplay excellence. They downplay excellence. They downplay excellence. They downplay excellence. Hmm. Proverbs 31 and verse 29. The Bible says, Many daughters have done virtuously, but you excel them all. You excel them all. Many have, you see, it says they have done virtuously. Many daughters have, I think another translation puts it that many daughters have done well. It's not that others are not doing well. It says, but you have excelled them. What does that mean? Excellence begins, right? We're doing a good job hence. You didn't get that. So, if you are going to live a lifestyle of excellence, you must, where other people pick is where should be your own starting point. And I think I've said this a couple of times, you see, whatever is okay is not okay. When you do a walk and you just say, oh, well, this is okay. It is not okay. Everything that comes out of you must have a wow effect. Am I making sense this morning? It must have a wow effect. You see, you should deliver in the market plan. You should say, wow. You are into real estate. You build the structure. You should see it and say, wow. You are a fashion designer. You make clothes. People should look at it and say, wow. The trading should not be going zigzag. And they are wondering, what kind of trading is this? Is this a new fashion style? You can't be a furniture maker. I think everybody can relate with that. Imagine if the chair you are sitting on now, the legs are not equal. <laughs> you would rather prefer to stand throughout the service because anything can happen. You see, never downplay on excellence. Never. Excellence must be, it must be your second nature. How do you achieve excellence? After you have done it well, you look at it again. How else can we improve on this thing? What else can I do? What else? Because there is always something to do. There is always something to do. There is always something to do. There is always room for improvement. Always. Always. I see excellence must be in two areas. Number one, excellence in performance. You see that in the life of Joseph. <laughs> the Bible says when Joseph got into, you know, Potiphar's house as a slave, it got to a point, the Bible says that Potiphar handed over everything that was in his house to Joseph. He didn't have to monitor him. He didn't have to supervise him. That's excellence in performance. He did his job so well. You see, you can't be a Christian and you're at work and they are the ones they have to keep monitoring. Have you done it? When will you? You said you will deliver yesterday. It is now today. What is happening? No, 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 no. That's, 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 a bad, that's been a bad example for Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see the same thing happen again. In the prison, when he got into the prison, the Bible says, how else can you be, how can you be so well behaved that they will hand over a prison to a prisoner? Excellence in performance. Everything he did, he did so well. You see, and the day his opportunity, his destiny opportunity showed up. That lifestyle of excellence. You see, it was not because Joseph interpreted the dream. Oh, go and read your Bible very well. That he became prime minister. It was not because he interpreted Pharaoh's dream. It was because he did more than what Pharaoh asked of him. Why did they bring him out of the prison? To interpret his dream. Was that all Joseph did? No. 
After Joseph had interpreted the dream, he said, King, this is the solution. They didn't ask him for the solution. They only told him, come and interpret dreams. So, most of us, they give us a job to do. Your boss gives you a responsibility. You, do the re- you carry out the responsibility and you stop there. That's not excellence. You will never rise beyond where you are if you keep behaving that way. Jesus said, no problem. This is the interpretation. But you know what, King? We can, we can overcome this. We've seen what the problem is. But let me tell you the solution. Let's save 20%. No matter what the, need are, the needs are, right? For the next seven years, during the seven years of plenty, let's build bigger. Bar- you see, the Bible says, and Pharaoh said, hey, none of the guys surrounding me that they call themselves executives has enough brain to think of this. How come we didn't think of this all this while? So don't worry. And the Bible says he put him in charge. And nobody opposed that decision. Is it that Pharaoh didn't have a family member that occupied that position? Is it that he didn't have any nephew? Huh? Is it that he doesn't have any leader? They brought a man that nobody knew. They didn't knew him from anywhere before. But he offered the solution nobody offered. That's excellence in performance. You cannot stop where your responsibility stops. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The responsibility is a customer comes to you to buy something. They pay for something. They say, oh, this is what I'm buying. What are you going to add extra? What are you going to, what's that extra you're going to add to it? Now when they see, they say, wow. Ah, I never thought of this. Thank you. If your clients, if your boss, if they are not saying thank you, you are not delivering excellently. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Everyone you are working with, you see, excellence is... You know one of the ways to live an excellent life, especially in performance, right? Make the people you are serving indebted to you. Do things that will make your customers indebted to you. That, ah, if I leave this guy, no, ah, I don't think anybody else will do this for me. Let them think twice about taking their business somewhere else. Let your boss see. There are some people that the boss doesn't have to think twice before firing them. But there are some people that even if the organization is about to crash... The boss will rather say, it is you and I. We will wait until everything crashes. But to lose you, never. Excellence in performance. Number two is excellence in appearance. People see you before they hear you. People see you and your work <laughs> before they have anything to do with you. As a business person, someone into products. How are you packaging your products? We live in a borderless world right now the way you are packaging your products can it be exported that way when we see your product and say oh, no, no no this one is all bad they made it or can we see your product and say are you serious i thought it looks imported that's excellence in appearance and you that you are offering it how are you looking are you hearing what i'm saying some of us want to have the client's meeting you are, so, you are so unconscious of how you look, how you present yourself before the client. Just a, it should be just a meeting. <laughs> Do you know the people you will meet in that meeting? It's a let us have the meeting. Ah, are you so sure it's only that person you will be meeting? Let me tell you this. People have lost millions just on appearance. If you are not detailed enough to polish your shoe as a man, I know you will not be detailed if I hand over 10 million naira to you. Because you are not detailed. If your shirt white shirt is supposed to be white, but it used to be white, it has become used to be white. I know you are not detailed because you didn't even see it before you stepped out of your house. So if I give you a building to construct, 
and you are a developer, I know you will use inferior materials. Because how you do one thing is how you do everything. It's the same human being. Whatever comes from you, you can't... Pro- what you are simply telling us is you can't produce beyond that. I see people, is when they want to go out, they think of what to wear. <laughs> so maybe on a Sunday morning, ah, what am I going to go to wear to church this morning? That's a lack of excellence. Some of us are going to work tomorrow. You don't even know what you will wear to work tomorrow. It's Monday morning. That's why you are getting late to work. And, ah, what am I going to wear this morning? You plan those things. So you take it out of the way so you can focus on real work. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Excellence in performance. Excellence in appearance. Last but not the least, the people who lose ghost jobs and clients often lose it because they don't respond or because they respond negatively to feedbacks. They respond negatively to feedbacks. Let me tell you this. You will never rise in the marketplace beyond the level of your responsiveness to feedbacks. And you can't be the one giving yourself feedback. <laughs> Some people see their work, they analyze it. Ah, even kiss themselves, I'm good. <laughs> really. Jesus asked his disciples, Say, who do men say that I am? Say, oh, some say, some they said this, you are, the, you are Elijah, you are this. He said, okay, fine. He said, but you, who do you say that I am? He said that Jesus didn't know he was the son of God. Of course he knew. But he wanted the feedback. Who do people think I am? What do people think I am? Because I can't help them beyond their perception of me. You know why some people can be in a church where people's life are changing, people are sharing testimonies and their lives never change? Because they see their pastor as their friend. And let me tell you this, grace and anointing does not flow from friend to friend. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? That's why you see Jesus called his disciples friend. The disciples never called Jesus their friend. He said, I call you friend. Peter never said Jesus is a... He said, you are the son of God. How you perceive something or someone is how you receive from them. So Jesus asked, what do men say that I am? He was asking for a feedback. When was the last time you see? Some of us have never asked our boss before. Because we ourselves, we know we have not been delivering well, so you are afraid of the answer. But the earlier you ask, the better. If you can't ask verbally, send the notes. Sir, before the general appraisal, I want you to appraise. You can't be working. You have been working in a place for three months. A quarter went by and you don't know what the person that employed you thinks of you. Ah, you're on your way out. You just don't know. Always ask for feedbacks. As a business person from your customers, what do you, what do you think about our products? I think I was mentioning something about that on Wednesday. Apple is a master at that. Their new set of um, um, a MacBook launch, they returned the HDMI ports. Return so many ports they are taken out like five years ago. Why? Feedback. The people buying their products say, we want it back. We want it back. And say, oh, fantastic. Put it back. Because we are not the ones buying our products. They are the ones buying it. Many of us have never asked for feedback. You just assume you are good. <laughs> that assumption can lead to the loss of your business. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning for the seed of your word that has been sown in our heart.